Hello and welcome to episode 130 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. It's weird to say a new kind of decade of numbers, Al, isn't it? It is. You've gone from one two somethings to one thirty. It's, mm. I suppose, a very small but very nice milestone. Anyway, good evening, everybody. Indeed, it feels like just yesterday we're episode one hundred, and to be honest, we're not even close to episode one hundred now. It's uh, we're getting right into the the one hundreds now. I know, and if you add up all the extra stuff, it's what like three hundred or something. We're at this Anton. It's actually episode. 299 so yeah. through our last call this evening one of our wow. bonus shows that you get if you're a patreon will be the big 300 we have nothing planned but it's the 300 which is important <laughs> yeah now if you want to get access to those other 200 and no wait a minute 170 can't count 170 episodes then what you need to do is sign up and become our uh, one of our patreon supporters to do that nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us there's uh, three different tiers. If you're in the top tier, you get everything. You get, I think it's eight extra shows plus an expansion chat every month where we get together and do something. We're going to be planning something actually for everybody this month. We're doing a bit of an all-in for all our Patreon supporters this month. And there's also a mug that you get every six months. You get a gift, although we have something new happening this time for our Patreon supporters, which is very exciting. Um, and uh, if you join our NES tier, that's the N64 tier, the NES tier, you get a whole bunch of really great stuff. I think it's like six or seven extra podcasts or something like that anyway. I forget the numbers. And then you have also the uh, the NES tier, which is kind of a... We support the show. Here's a bit of extra money towards what you guys do and all the money that you put in goes straight back into the show. We don't make any money from it. We put our time in for free, but all the extra money that we get um, really, really helps just run things. And yeah, I mean, we would we discussed this before, Al. We would do all this for free anyway, but it just helps us kind of, you know, we did it for free, but it helps us kind of run things that bit smoother. We did. We did do it for free for the entire first year. We just paid for it out of our pockets because we enjoyed doing it. And we, we still would, but we very, very, very much appreciate the fact that everybody out there that uh, does support us, um, well, lets us do it without necessarily putting our hands in our pockets quite as deeply as we used to. And actually, we need to give a little shout out. Thanks to um, Dave again. I'm just going to say, Dave, thank you very much. Thank Leave you, Dave. There. Nice and ambiguous. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Many thanks, Dave. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's, it is actually, to be fair, and I, I know we've said this on episode 129 we actually didn't really talk about any of the stuff we kind of went through a whole episode where we just didn't talk about the patreon stuff at all so i think it's fair that in this one we kind of start with a little bit of it and i know that some people will be fast forwarding now they'll be they'll be skipping this bit and that's fine Um, and we really appreciate everybody that listens to the show but what um i would say is that that uh, discord channel that we have anton it's so active i mean i actually can't keep up um, but every day there's always like five or six different conversations going on and there's loads of channels we've got a new boot club as well which which i just I it just came out of nowhere <laughs> I, that was the one that bamboozled me i was going for him like okay our retro chat the playstation chat the film chat the deals of the week chat uh what to watch a boot club what <laughs> yeah there was a lot of chat they, the people in the discord said hey it would be awesome if we had a boot club so i went to made a boot club channel for them and we now have a boot club there's the NSUKP book club. I know, and there's a, <laughs> there's a book that everybody's reading. Yeah, I know. I haven't even started it yet, but I, I have got it on my list to, to read. But it is, it's great. It's a lovely place to be. And I feel like it's a very... There's a there's a Twitter page called Wholesome Memes. 
um, where people just post wholesome memes, Anton. There's nothing else to it. There's nothing bad about them. They're not cheeky. They're not funny. They're just wholesome. They're just really nice memes. It feels a bit like that sometimes in our Discord. Just a wholesome Discord. Yeah, bar the occasional attacks on your life personally, Mike. Nobody that's else's fine. life. Um, that's that's very wholesome. wholesome. That's wholesome. That's still wholesome. I'm okay with it. Um, but no, it's a great place to be. Now, it is only a few days since we recorded the last episode, so this will be a slightly shorter the normal episode but that is fine because we did get through a lot so if you've not listened to 129 make sure you listen to that episode first because there's a lot of news that will cross over uh, into this week or stuff that we maybe don't mention that you've maybe gone oh but that was in the news well we mentioned it on Thursday so make sure you check that episode out um Al have you had any chance between now and uh, since then to now to play anything you betcha I have I have played a lot in the last 24 hours well slightly over 24 hours the last 48 hours I've played a lot so let me start off by saying I finally got around to playing Mario Golf. I got it from yes. It's been sitting around in steel packaging. We played it yesterday. I was playing it for about an hour and a half just before we started recording today. That game is just so good. It is as good as I remember it being on the N64. And we did plan last night to get together. It didn't happen due to extenuating circumstances, but I'm glad that you've had a chance to play it and I am very much looking forward to having a go. It is. Yeah. It is really good fun. And actually, as a result of... You abandoning me, Mike, frankly. Let's just, there's no other way of putting it. You abandoned me. Absolutely. Uh, we ended up going to get other friends instead because, you know, I've got some of them too. So I got some other friends around last night and we, we played Mario Golf and we played Mario Party and we played Tricky Towers and we played Jackbox 2 and life was good. Uh, I played what? so many games uh, and I've been playing uh, a little point and click that you put me onto, Mike, called The Little Acre. Yes. So that, that's lovely and I'm, fun and I'm enjoying that. So I have done lots of gaming. Yeah, that's about the only one. Oh, I played a bit of Rocket League, but that's about all that else I've played is the first bit of the same Little Acre and um, it's really good it's really it's very influenced by those 90s point and clicks it feels very well done the the voice the voice acting is good in it as well it's just a nice game and it's only we said this on Thursday in the last episode but it's only a two hour kind of game which I think is for 99 pence on sale at the moment Al I think what was your first impression? Oh, I'm, I'm, I was in love with it from the second it tur- turned on. I mean, literally the very first scene, you've got to get yourself dressed out of your bed and creep out of the bedroom without waking a child. That was good fun. It was it set the scene perfectly. And yeah. I mean, I've not got very far in this. I've, I don't mean I don't. I won't give too many spoilers away. I've really not got very far, but I am enjoying just the point and click so far wholesomeness and intrigue of the whole thing. It is just it's a nicely paced, nicely pitched. Good. Game. I'm and glad I've su- I'm so, glad yeah. I've suggested something that you actually like. That that doesn't happen often, so I'm I'm happy with that. Um, Anton, yeah. what about yourself? Yeah, I was just want to quickly ask Al, what game modes have you been trying in uh, Mario Golf? Because they've got a bunch of those new wacky ones where you're running around as well as the classic golf, which I know we, you would have started yeah. with that. But have you done we any cool stuff? Yeah, we started with classic. I haven't done battle yet, but we have done the uh, frantic, was it golf? It's not called golf race, speed golf. We have played that. I was really actually a bit disappointed to discover you can't play that with four players. You can only play it with two. I can understand why, because you'd end up with a quarter of the screen each and it would be kind of difficult to do. I can see why they've not gone down that route, but it would have been so much fun playing that with four people. So yeah, I played it with my partner earlier on. We played speed golf. I am much better under pressure than I thought I was. I'm, I'm okay in the normal game. I'm better than she is under pressure. Therefore... I got more points than I won and I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, sorry, Anton, I was going to say, it is a game that I um, would definitely enjoy playing, I think. I think it's going to be a real sort of party game. And I don't, I'd never played the N64 version particularly. I had a couple of times, but I didn't have an N64. So, or I did later on, but I didn't have Mario Golf. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely pick it up at some time. I'll maybe try and point. do a little review of it at some point. Once I've actually got my head around it, there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of stuff going on going, 
uh, where I'm sitting there thinking, what I, what just happened? Why why are the numbers flicking over the place? What is happening? Once I've got my head around all the mechanics of it, I'll maybe do a little review for the, the YouTube page. And if you haven't already been to our YouTube page, go and check it out. We've got a whole lot of reviews. We're producing new ones all the time at the moment, actually. We're on a, a YouTube production train. Yeah, we're really uh, revving things up. And I think we've got quite an exciting week. So uh, go there and check out some familiar and new faces because uh, it's going to be interesting. But... Uh, yeah, this week I have been diving back into a little bit of Cluster Truck. It's a game where you're playing as first person, <laughs> jumping from truck to truck. I have it, um, it's great. It's, I love it, it's so good. And um, I also tried a uh, new title, um, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. This is the oh, second yes. in the Ori franchise. It's just gorgeous. If you know, When I picture a game that I would make or I would want to make, it looks like Ori. It's fantastic. I've been struggling a little bit with the Metroidvania elements of it because I just love the combat, the world. There's the cutscenes and the storytelling is just so charming. But then I like go into a corner of this open world and I like mess around with the buttons. It's like, oh, you need to come back here in like 40 hours. So I'm like, oh, I'm okay. And I've wasted 20 minutes and I'm quite crossed. But outside of that, I'm really liking it. It's just so charming, Mike. Yeah, it's a great-looking game, and both those games are very, very uh, well-reviewed. Two of the best-reviewed games on the Switch, actually, and, and a lot of people um, say so. they're sort of all-time classics as well, so definitely on my list to play at some point. And uh, actually, with that, there's a couple of games today we're going to talk about, which I'm, I'm looking forward to having a chat about. So I think we should start and talk about this week's news. Tell us what people want to know. First up, Sold Out Games have announced Conway, Disappearance at Dahlia View for the Nintendo Switch is a detective thriller and it's coming out in 2021. It's got a setting of 1950s England. Um, I, I, It's my game, Anton. This is my kind of game. <laughs> yeah, this one just, you know, I had like a decent expectation going into it because to be honest, the premise and the, the setting looked fantastic. But just looking at the quality of it, like... This looks like a very well put together title. Um, just the cutscenes, the animations alone. Like sometimes we get some of these visual novel clicky games. Well, it's not visual novel. Guess detective clicking, going around the world. But it just looks very well done. I'm really just smitten by this title, and it's coming out relatively soon. Yeah, it looks like it's got bags of character and atmosphere about it, doesn't it? It's just it's got that deep, gritty kind of feeling, and you can tell there's something, something slightly warped and twisted going on, but not in a paranormally way. At least not that I get from the trailer. Just in a, someone's done something very, very naughty, and it's a dark time in a dark place, and you've got to figure it out. And the characters look like they're quite deep. It looks like there's going to be quite a lot of you know story development, character development going on. The animations on them does look pretty actually um it does look like one to watch and i mean I, even i'm slightly interested in this and i don't normally do go for sort of the detective whodunit type games but this one is this one has a very good job in this trailer who can you end ever thought modern video games should be more interesting at the gaming blender we take randomized genres mechanics and make a new game every episode i've added permadeath we have a survival game of a hardcore simulation which could be house flipper and with the permadeath of XCOM. then that all has to be an action adventure yes oh dear yes and sometimes it doesn't quite work and you have you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative a construction off the uh, way 
The way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. Yeah, I really like these kind of games anyway. It doesn't take a lot. And if you're going to set a game in the 50s, I'm in. If it's going to be in either America or England in the 50s, I'm even more in. I just love it. I just think this is this is cool. I hope it's good. I really hope it's good. It's coming out in November. Um, and I'm excited for it. Definitely my kind of game. Uh, Tinyware Games have announced Tiny Tail for the Switch. Uh, it's a miniature collectathon. It's coming out next year. What's your take on this, Al? It could not be cuter. I'm sorry, but it's just adorable. You're this little miscellaneous collection of stuff, which I guess is where it gets its name from. You appear to be made out of, I don't know, a tin can and bits of rope and bits of metal screws and you run around collecting bolts. I mean, it doesn't look like it's going to be groundbreaking or earth-shattering in any way, shape or form. But as a kind of a first step into this kind of game, it looks like it could be really good. I can see sort of trying to get my son to play this. For people who are seasoned in playing platforms and collectors, collecting games, I suspect just looking at the trailer, there's maybe not that much depth to be had in it for the rest of us. But as an intro to that kind of style, I can see this being a lovely, lovely way in because it does look beautifully crafted. The, the the motion and the movement and just the jumping, the controls, the camera, from what you can see in the trailer, all looks like they've got it right. So that is the perfect foundation in which to build a game. And I have high hopes. Yeah, I'm with you in terms of that idea of foundation. Like there's some rough edges on this title, don't get me wrong, but firstly, it's got that cuteness because I am loving this kind of chibi robo-esque little wee fella uh he's just like incredible and you know all the core aspects of the title just look really solid you know the collecting the platformer platforming the world it's got elements of pikmin where everything's so small and miniature i i'm i do think this is just very adorable i think as long as they don't charge it too high this would be a lovely just play it before bed collect a couple bolts head off and deal with it in your own time what i really like about it is the world because what they've done is they haven't gone down that sort of ratchet and clank style world or the hat and time or any of those kind of games where it's very animated in a sort of traditional video game way they've gone for a sort of photorealistic animation kind of vibe in the background and i actually think it works really well for this type of game. It feels like, you know, even the way they've kind of soft-focused the backgrounds, which is obviously a clever way of having more stuff there and not having to <laughs> too much detail, but it works really well because it, it then creates this kind of world of, wow, this, you know, this little guy's in a in a sort of real world. He's, he's in a sort of giant world around him. And I, I just think it's a really nice-looking game. I actually, even though I've played a lot of these games in my lifetime, even though I do agree this is a perfect introduction kind of game if it plays well, uh, even I think I'm probably going to get this one because I just really like it. I just think it feels like a very relaxing game to be playing if you want a bit of platforming action. So yeah, really like the look of this. Soundtrack definitely helps as well. It's got a lovely, lovely song playing in the background of that trailer. It's so calming. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right, let's uh, move on to the next one then. NIS America have announced Prinny Presents NIS Classics Volume 2 for the Switch. This is featuring Zeta, but better, and Builder Ranger. It's coming out on the 10th of September 2021. There's a few of these collections, um, Anton, that we get, and they tend to be quite highly priced, but there's a bunch of them on sale right now um, on the eShop. There's heaps of these collections on sale, and there's some really good ways of getting um, some good games within these collections. Um, so, yeah, what's your thoughts on this one? 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I think if it didn't have the the Prinny and Skya namesake attached to it, they might not be able to get away with selling it for so high. But as you say, you know, they're on sale and they're very often, you know, they come out at these super high, like 50, 40 pound price tags. And then you get them for like 16 and you're paying like eight pound a game. And for that, that's a, a nice time. And overall, I'm kind of keen on getting these sort of titles. These are PS2, PSP era GRPGs. And at least for me personally, it was on the PSP that I first discovered and really got my teeth sunk into GRPGs. So exploring more titles from that kind of era where, you know, the limitations were there, but it wasn't like you're making Final Fantasy X, this big 3D open world game, or, you know, Final Fantasy IV on the SNES. Like, they could do a lot at that time frame, but it was still that kind of pixelated JRPG style with a couple of flourishes here and there. So I'm kind of keen to check out this title and see if these games hold up to the test of time. See, I'm already miffed because they've released the stupidest press release in the history of time. The games are not called Zeta But Better and Builder Ranger. Those are just dumb, like, marketing tags they put on them. It is really dumb. The actual games are called Makai Kingdom, Reclaim the Rebound, and ZHP Unlosing Ranger vs. Dark Death Evil Man. Which, by the way, is probably one of the best game titles of all time, and why they decide to hide it behind Builder Ranger, I don't know. But yeah, stupid, stupid, stupid marketing PR people. Yeah, I, I hope you listen to this. I'm ranting and I'm feeling quite good about it. Yeah, I guess sometimes being too clever can take you away from the point of it. It does seem a bit of a strange decision to market it like I that. Know. But Dark Death Evil Man, just put that in. That's that's got my attention. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Um, I think even if they just use the tagline from um, the first game, where the most badass overlord returns. I mean, that to me would have got me going. I'm interested <laughs> in this. Um, no, I think you know these are good games for the collection i think what i really like about the switch and the library on the switch is that you're able to pick up these games quite often physically i don't know if we're getting this one physically or not but um we, we are special collectors editions of them oh yeah. yeah so we are yeah okay so that's really great so i think this is, it's becoming a console that is going to last a lifetime for people where they're able to buy these games and get them in a pretty good sort of you know package that is going to last a long time and it's a classic game that they can come back to whenever they want to do that, you know, be it now or be it in five years' time or whatever, because they are older games. So I do think it's a great addition to the Switch library. Um, I think it's an interesting collection. I do think it, you'll get a cheap eShop deal in the future on this if you want to go down that route, but the collector's edition might be for most people if you're really into the, the games as well. Uh, so it's certainly an interesting collection. It's probably not one for me, but I, I commend it being on the Switch. Indeed, and unlike the Spirit Fair one that I was slightly annoyed about last week, this one comes with an original soundtrack, which is actually on CDs. Wow. And it comes with, uh, was it an art, co- art hardcover art book, which is mm. real and is not a digital PDF that you got with the Spirit Fair one. I was, uh, this is a much better collector's thing. I still think it's really dumb that these collector's things exist because, you know, people are paying stupid money for stupid stuff. But if you're going to do one, at least do it like this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's coming out on the 10th of September, so that is now. It's out. Versus Evil have announced Unmetal for the Nintendo Switch. It's a comedy 8-bit military stealth shooter. This comes out at the end of this month. Um, I quite like the look of this trailer. I think it's really quite cool. Um, It's got a lot of retro in it, but it's been done in a way, Al, that they've taken all the best bits of old-school 8-bit retro games of this style and kind of shoved them together and made made it 
we've given it variety because that's the one thing about some of these old school looking 8-bit games. If it's not got a lot of variety, you kind of go, hmm, am I going to get bored quickly? I don't get that impression with this. I, I look at this and I go, this looks cool. <laughs> Yeah, there's so much retro tongue-in-cheek thrown into this. It's it's like, I mean, even the very the trailer goes, "I'm Snake," exactly like Metal Gear Solid, and then he sort of says, "Jesse Snake." Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I mean, from the day from the this second this game starts, it's just stupid and fun. He's these are chucks coins to distract guards, and as he does, he goes, "God, these guards are distracted by anything." It's just it's full of stupid little wee lines, and I just love it. It's ram packed with eighties pop culture, and I mean, what's not to like about this? I I'm quite excited about this coming along. It just looks great. What do you think, Anton? Yeah, you know, I'm really loving what it's doing in terms of Kelf, and as the title suggests, redoing a Metal Gear title. Um, I remember a lot of the original Metal Gear Tales being incredibly brutally difficult. This doesn't look like it's quite on that level of difficulty and, you know, polishes it up for, you know, just a a little bit of nostalgic throwback kicks. Uh, The humour doesn't quite land with me. It felt a little gringy, but, you know, that's a a desired taste, I think. And, you know, it's not taking itself seriously. You need to watch more more 80s movies, Anton. That's that's all that comes down to, really. It's just that Anton's more cultured and more evolved than we are. I know, exactly. It's fine. I'll stick with my (laughs) sort of... Neanderthal ways. Fart jokes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, uh, David X Machina has got a free Nintendo Switch Online game trial from tomorrow, Monday the 13th of September. Interesting one, this, because we did talk about this at the time and I think we all kind of agreed that it wasn't for us, but it might work for some people. And I think there was, this was the one with the demo, wasn't it? And we played the demo and we were kind of like, meh. But then the game was a lot better than the demo, but still not my kind of thing. But... A free game trial makes a lot of sense to me because it's, I think, a game that a lot of people will have it will have passed them by, Al. So, you know, you've got a chance then to have a go and see if you enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, the Switch grew its audience hugely last year and, and again this year, to be honest. So there are a lot of people out there that missed the demo when it was announced and it will, since then, it's been buried at the bottom of the pile. Everyone will have forgotten about it. So this just brings it back up to the surface, puts it in front of people's faces and goes, hey, go play this game and see what you think of it. Um, and that that might well work. You're right, you and I, I think, both tried the demo and I think we struggled being colourblind. I think there was a red-green thing. We had no idea where we were going, what we were doing from memory. Yeah. We may well have fixed that. I honestly can't Most remember. Most likely, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably. I felt the same. But um, yeah, probably a smart move, Anton. Yeah, I'm excited to, to give this one a whirl. I, I miss out on that original demo that everybody hated. Um, so now getting to try it when it's been fixed uh, as well as I got some limited edition Damon X Machina Joy-Cons so I should probably play the game eventually so uh, this is a good way in without um, being disappointed potentially and buying a very expensive title Absolutely well it's uh, on trial probably by the time you listen to this now or if not uh, very soon Uh, Infinity is getting a Switch port this of course is the Game Boy Color RPG which had its stretch goal as a Switch port on uh, Kickstarter it's managed to do that uh, past that stretch goal Anton so some good news um, for those that don't want to buy the Game Boy Advance version uh, sorry, the Game Boy Color version. But the one thing I will say, Anto, I think this is cool and I'm pleased for it. But what I will say is I feel like this game, if you're going to go and buy it, like the Game Boy Color surely is where you want to go and play this game because isn't it just going to be lost in a crowd of 8-bit RPGs on the Switch? Yeah, you know, this is not, you know, we've touched it up and made it look good and made it a modern version of it like they did with, let's say, Pure Solar. 
this is very much a Game Boy Color game running on a Switch. Uh, I think this will be brilliant if they do multiple releases, because this is a title that was never released, it was almost lost to time, and is getting its finally released on Game Boy Color now in 2021. Um, if they do another print of the Game Boy Color one, this would be a great way of give the game a go on your Switch, see if you like it, and then you can go ahead and get, go through the, the expensive ordeal of getting a physical reproduced cartridge of a Game Boy Color game in the modern day, because it's a lot to pay for a game that you're not fully committed to or have tried before. So uh, this is a, it's meant to be like, cool, it's a new game on Switch, but to be honest, it's a very expensive demo for a Game Boy Color game. <laughs> That is a cynical but probably accurate way of looking at it, Anton. <laughs> yeah, I tend to agree. Okay, Nintendo have partnered with Digital Schoolhouse to bring esports to primary school children aged 8 to 11. The games include Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Race with Ryan, of course, who's that um, celebrity YouTube... Is it Ryan the YouTube celebrity guy or is that is that just a yeah, cartoon? Yeah, the celebrity kid. His um, mother made him do all the reviews and he got famous. And that's really right, yeah. And Crayola Scoot, which I have and is actually quite good. Um, so, yeah, an interesting concept, this. I can see a lot of people going, oh, what? Encouraging 8 to 11-year-olds to play video games. But actually, if you're going to do esports correctly and make it a kind of a way of introducing competitiveness in a friendly way it could be a good a good thing and certainly kids that age are going to be playing video games anyway i was you were so why not combine it with something that actually realizes that this is the biggest media presence the media format in the world and actually kind of run with it that's kind of my thoughts on it i do think there's going to be a backlash al well, possibly. I think it's maybe not the smartest press release yet again. Actually, the second one this week because there's a lot more to this story than just an esports thing. So, um, Digital Schoolhouse are effectively a charity that was set up, and they work with um, now uh, Nintendo, who are sort of the main one, but they also work with uh, PlayStation and a bunch of other companies as well. Um, Ubisoft, I think, are part of them, uh, and they're basically trying to encourage UK children into coding, particularly into the games industry, because mm-hmm. they realised a couple of years ago there was a, a a dearth of coding coming through, a dearth of experience, and they decided that they need to do something about it. The digital curriculum was changed back in, I think, 2014, and effectively this company or charity popped up to try and help schools teach the new digital curriculum. So they actually they do the whole gambit of teaching kids to code and how to play games, but this esports thing is not just about playing games. From what I can gather, it's literally running a whole esports team. So you've got some of the kids doing some of the accounts and some of the kids doing the marketing. I think it's the whole thing, um, which is actually quite an interesting concept. And uh, if, as long as it was properly explained to people, I think that folk would be on board with this. But just saying, hey, we're starting an esports league for 8 to 12-year-olds does kind of go, well, you've done what? My yeah. gosh, not in my children. It, does, it's it's, a shame. it makes a lot more sense when you know the details and the fact that it's a charity and the fact as well that it's, encouraging coding as well it make, makes absolute sense and it sort of all ties in together um Anton, what's your take on it i mean i would have loved some of this if i was eight years old i'd be i'd be like what i'm in yeah i think from the educational point of view it's one brilliant because it's not even just the coding and technical side this is you know a little bit of marketing a little bit of business development you know there's a couple different avenues that this could push uh children in early you know maybe not many people and you know the start of secondary it's like i'm going into marketing (laughs) it doesn't quite work out but you know this could maybe be it and um 
you know, a great way for Nintendo to indoctrinate people early into playing Mario Kart 8 until the rest of their lives. Yeah, um, which they genius. will. <laughs> they'll be playing Mario Kart... Well, I was going to say Mario Kart 50, but more likely in 10 years they'll be playing Mario Kart 9. Um, Indeed. I'm going to quickly change that. It's not a charity. Okay. So that, I'll just correct that. But it is um, run mostly by uh, UKIE, which is the game's um, kind of body, for want of a better word, in the UK. So it's, okay. it's still it's regulated. Game, it's not, not really regulated. They're sort of... This is the representative no. body, I guess. So, but they're not a charity. So, I will just make that clear. Are you going to add something, Anton? Yeah, not so non-profit. Like they're they're not in it for a profit, but they've got yeah. some overlords looking after them. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah, non not for profit is is more that more likely to be um, along the lines of what people would want from that kind of um, sort of sort of event that's or, or sort of um, project that they're looking at so it makes a lot of sense next up Fisty Fluffs has got a gameplay trailer talk about changing tactic and what we're talking about but uh, this is uh, all about being a cat and playing doing cat things and doing ridiculous physics violence based that's all it is party it's games. cat violence it's great yeah, yeah <laughs> but it, this has got Mike written all over it it does um, it looks it looks very good I must admit um, it looks ridiculous uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in. Anton, what about you? Yeah, I love the commitment to the incoherence of gameplay. Um, it sounds like you don't need to learn how to play it. You just fisty fluffs and you're off to the races. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like this one. It's dumb. It's got gang beasts, but uh, even less skillful. I, I love it. Yeah, have a look at this online if you haven't seen it already. It is just like the physics look all weird and crazy and it's cats and they're just knocking things over and fighting and all sorts so go and have a look and check it out it comes out on the 23rd of september uh okay we have some lego news and this is good lego well, am i gonna news. get annoyed again well i don't know it's lego super mario 64 <sighs> For £159.99. Now, Lego Super we, Mario. We, More Lego Super Mario, Mike. Come we on. had we had a discussion the other day about um a Lego what was it what was the Lego item we talked about in our last episode, Al? Well, I mean I might be getting sort of comedy angry because I'm really actually quite excited about this one. Mike. I was gonna say, because you were getting quite like, interested in it. And I, I tell us, what's your thoughts, Al? Come on, be real. Yeah, you're you're the Lego expert. You need to give us your full 40 minute dissertation go yeah, for go. it all right go i am already looking at my 160 pounds i'm definitely going to buy this Knew so it. nintendo are Knew launching it. uh was it 18 inches i think it's a huge is it is it 18 inches uh 18 centimeters that's right so seven inch 18 centimeter question mark block made of lego which yep. sounds a bit naff but it really isn't because it is a seven uh seven inch 18 centimeter question block but the top of it opens up and sort of there's a whole lot of Super Mario 64 worlds in it. There's four different worlds all made out of teeny tiny Lego in the, yeah. this Lego question block. And I'm so excited. I so want this. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy a shelf. I'm going to put a shelf on the wall beside me right here. That question block is going to appear in every episode of NSUKP from now on. It's going to make my life complete. Yeah. I'm, I've never seen you this happy in all 299 episodes of this podcast. Yeah. I'm so <laughs> proud for you. <laughs> It actually, weirdly, although it is, as you say, different worlds, it reminds me of um, one of the levels on Mario and Rabbids. <laughs> it's like the way it's constructed. Um, no, it's cool. It's cool. I think this is really cool. And I think... You know it, what it reminds me of, weirdly? A question like block? A cross, no, it's like a cross between Lego and Mario. And do you remember, um, was it 
toys called Mighty Max. I think it was Polly Pocket was the other one. I remember so Polly Pocket. Inverted commas, girls and boys ones. Weirdly, I remember Polly Pocket and not Mighty Max, but yes. That sounds about right for you. Yep, yep. This basically reminds me of that. Just these tiny little worlds that open out with them and you can play with teeny tiny little mm. characters in them. Yeah, totally to be yeah. honest, I do like this a lot. I, I think this is totally up my street. I just wish I had... I don't know, more time. And it is expensive, but it, you know, Lego yeah. products are always expensive, Anton. Yeah, you know, what I quite like about this one is sometimes some of the big Lego sets, you know, you build it and it sits there and it's like, oh, that's that's Lego in my living room. This, you know, you fold it up, that can sit in like a nice shelf in the corner and it won't really like stand out as like a toy. You know, it's kind of <coughs> contained. Like I always say, having Lego you're, you're going to really upset Al in a second. <laughs> have living, you seen my living room? Al's living room is I literally not, Lego. No, I have not. <laughs> There's a lot of Lego on shelves in my living room. That's very true. There is. But I have to say it's, I, I hate to say this, but it's, it's reasonably classy. I'm going to sneeze. I sneeze. I sneeze every time I lie. Um, no, um, it is relatively classy, so I'll let Al off for that. But um, yeah, it's cool. I like it. I want Lego in my living room. I just I've got a small baby at the moment and not enough high space. <laughs> so we'll get there. Um, but yeah, 159 pounds 99. Platinum Games want to share more of Bayonetta three, but apparently it's not their decision to make. Whose decision is it, Anton? Uh, presumably Nintendo is the publisher um, which this gives me a little bit of hope that the game is in a showable state because for the past we well they're like no Bayonetta 3 doesn't exist it's just a JPEG that we showed once stop asking us and um, this is the first time they've been like we could show it but we can't so who, who knows next Nintendo Direct um, it would be you know Metroid Prime 4 we understand why we haven't seen anything of this that but Metro, uh, Bayonetta 3 we probably should have seen something by now so hopefully we're not waiting too much longer Al yeah I, I, I'm I, curious I don't understand why Nintendo would be saying no you can't show that I mean there's no good reason unless it's something to do with it's designed to run on the next generation Switch hardware maybe and they don't want to show it it's the only thing that I can think that would start saying have Nintendo say no you can't show that yet it's, it's we don't want to give away this bit there's I mean, can you think of any other reason other than... My only thought was they want to do a big and finally for a direct. That would be my only other thought. And we have a direct... Well, there's lots of rumours of a direct coming in September, um, which I was going to get your predictions today, actually, as to when it will be. I I actually do... I think it might be this week. I gave up predicting them a long time ago. We were always wrong. I know, but that's the <laughs> yeah. fun. It's the fun of Except it. You were yeah. right last time, I think. I think you called it, didn't you? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, but I mean, like, I think we just need to have a go again. So I'm saying it's this week. Anton, when's it happening? Uh, Thursday. Thursday at 5pm. Do you think so? Yeah, yeah. You know, Apple. We've got an Apple conference on Tuesday. Yeah. And then Nintendo will be like, oh, yeah, we used to do those conference things. And then they'll do one on Thursday. Yeah, are we getting exactly the twenty-seven? Are we getting the twenty-seven-inch iMac? It's just as an aside. Is that getting announced on Tuesday? I think my bet's on October for that. Okay, I think All we're right, getting good. iPhones, Apple Watches, and maybe some small accessories like an AirPod or something. And then like we're that, getting but... a Switch Direct on Thursday. Exactly. You heard yeah. it here first. You heard it here first. Oh, when we get a Switch Direct. Uh, two weeks on Wednesday. Okay, good. All right, we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see. And we'll see if Bayonetta 3 is there. Platinum Games also would port Star Fox Zero to the Switch if given the opportunity. I mean, that's if that's not a, hey, Nintendo, can we can we port Star Fox Zero, please, uh, publicly, then I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, I that's love smart. 
Yeah, I love that there's not a better way to confirm that this is never happening than yeah. them saying this, but um, I know. it would be the one Wii U title that doesn't get ported. It did rely on the gamepad quite a lot, so I understand why, but it hasn't stopped them before. Yeah, I, I never played it. In what way did it rely on the gamepad? Um, so on the main TV, you controlled your ship with the joysticks. On the gamepad, you looked through the turret and moved the tablet around to shoot and then used the triggers. So you controlled the ship and the aiming completely separately for two different screens. That sounds virtually impossible to do. It was very broken. Everybody hated the control schemes. Um, it was very much, we made this work for the Wii U to justify that the Wii U exists. Well, we, we got Skyward Sword. So, you know, if we can make that work on the Switch, can we make this work, Anton? Um, yeah, no. I don't know. It's hard because <laughs> no. I think um, Nintendo would probably best pretend like this one never happened it was yeah. very hardly panned put it in the same cupboard as the uh the zelda was it, i'm gonna say 3do games they weren't on 3do were they uh, uh, yeah. cdi cdi, CDI yeah. Yeah. yeah put it in the same cupboard just forget same. about it lock Walk same away. era same era uh wario has or wario as we discussed a few weeks ago has taken over the nintendo twitter account this was a bit of fun but you know it's nintendo and it's twitter and sometimes they can be fun anton did, did he hack it or what yeah of course um, he did he's wario yeah. Yeah, I just wandered into the marketing offices, took it over for the day. Lots of <laughs> all over their channels. Um, and then, like, did four tweets and then just insulted Twitter and then left, which is a very wiry move. I'm very impressed. It is. I, I mean, this is, this is presumably because everybody's working from home. He just managed to walk straight into the building, sit down at a computer where there's nobody there, just did his thing. I'd have thought Exactly. So. That's all right. Unless he just, yeah. No, no, that's exactly what happened. It's time for the rumours. No, I'm not normally one for gossip. Okay, we talked about the Direct and we've given our predictions, uh, so we don't need to talk about that. But um, yeah, looking forward to talking about the Direct this week. Uh, Toys for Bob, maybe, have shared that we will see more Crash Bandicoot very soon. Now, a lot of layers to this one because Activision have had a bit of a checkered few months, shall we say. Um, But on the positive side in terms of the character and in terms of you know, Uberiga and Crash Bandicoot, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, I would like to see more Crash Bandicoot because we had a lot in that PS2 era where it all went a bit sideways, and we have some really good remaster original trilogy. Four is good as well. It would be nice, Anton, to see some more from Crash Bandicoot, and maybe they need it. Maybe they need this to kind of, you know, revive their image a bit. Yeah, you know, they've kind of came out here and reinvent themselves and they put their first step into doing something original with Crash Bandicoot 4 and to be honest knocked it out of the park so I think if we we're looking at what they could do next they could port together a wee collection of the forgotten PS2 titles that are mm. hated by many beloved by some um, we could get a original Crash Team Racing title could be a possible contender mm. or wild card Crash Bash 2 Crash Bash was game. great Crash Bash was such a good game. Um, I had a lot of fun with that one. I I could see the remastered stuff. I could see them doing some of that those PS2 era games as a kind of second collection because that would kind of make sense. Um, but I could see them doing a racing game as well. Crash Bash Two, I'm not sure they will, but I think it would be cool. Um, Al, oh, I know I you're not it. so much of a Crash fan, but what's your thoughts on what they might do? I mean, do we know they're definitely talking video game? Yeah, we don't. Yeah. Might we be talking animated series, movie, yeah. something like that, or do we think? Yeah, no, they're definitely talking games. So, yeah, so it's toy- Toys for Bob. Yeah, so Toys for Bob 
what's the relationship between them and Activision? Yeah, so they have, from what I gather, have only worked on Crash Bandicoot 4 and maybe Crash Team Racing. I don't think they did the trilogy. I think that was a different team that did the trilogy remaster. So they're like, they're not the the sacred protectors of the franchise. They're just seemingly the people that developed Crash 4 and are kind of handling it the moment. And Activision, I'm assuming, still have the overall... Indeed, say, because yes. of course we know uh, there's been a lot of controversy over the last few months with Activision. So it, it, it would it make sense, Anton, for them to suddenly want to sort of come out with something new and to really kind of focus again on the games? Because it must, it certainly, they're certainly their reputation has taken a hit. Yeah, and as well as that, I think Crash Bandicoot deflects and is very different from what all else are doing. Like I saw an article recently about apparently how this executive staffs at Activision regret putting all of their eggs in the one basket with Call of Duty because apparently they have 22 teams working on Call of Duty at the moment uh, for that 200 plus gigabyte behemoth. So uh, this is something very different from all of that and the work going on at Blizzard and Overwatch mm. and uh, oh, just World of Warcraft, everything going off on elsewhere in Activision, this is very much just classic gaming. So yeah. uh, it would be a nice little wee thing for them to put out. Yeah. I would like to see some more Crash Bandicoot. That would be good. Uh, the classic Switch, which is hilarious that we're calling it that now, but I guess we are. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're talking the 2017 and maybe the revised model, which was the red box. Uh, this getting a permanent price drop. Leaks from Europe reckon it's going to come down from €329 Euros to €270 and even, even as low as 249 So what's that, about 150 170 quid, something like that. Um, which, no, it'll be more than that because Euros and Pounds these days isn't quite such a big conversion. It's probably still like 220 maybe. Um, but anyway, yeah, it it's... 180 in today's conversion, probably. All right, okay. So somewhere in the middle. It's, it's an interesting take on it. I can see that happening because... Um, obviously, if they're going to be charging three hundred plus for the the OLED, no, it's it not. It's two twelve. I used a dollar. Oh, I see. I was thinking that was seemed like a good conversion rate. I was thinking, oh, things have changed. Uh, but yes, um, two twelve. So a hundred pounds less than the OLED. That kind of makes sense, I guess, if you're going to buy it new, uh, and it means that you've got anyone that's wanting to buy that model because they're only going to dock it, for example, or they're not bothered about the OLED element of it. Yeah, it would seem like a fairly reasonable price difference, Anton. Yeah, I'm. You know, I think the the numbers here is a little bit hard to say. These have just been leaks from databases and varying kind of just European outlets across France and I believe Germany. Um, I presume over here, you know, the switch just because it is so smack bang in the middle of the switch light and the switch OLED, which according to these leaks won't be getting a price drop. You'll probably end up with a switch over here going from about two eighty to I presume two four nine. Uh, match the price of the Xbox Series S and then it'll mean it'll be £50 away from, you know, the double the storage Switch OLED and £50 more than the Switch Lite. So right in the middle is my prediction there, but um, seems very logical because to be honest, any higher it cannibalizes the Switch OLED, any lower it cannibalizes the Switch Lite. Yeah, and at some point we'll get the Switch Lite OLED, I presume. Oh, I, I would love it. Let's do it. <laughs> The Switch well, it seems like OLED. the perfect one to make OLED. It's supposed to be the portable one you play outside. Why wouldn't it be OLED? Yeah, although, I, yeah, I am. I mean, I am I keep seeing 
OLED, best price, now available, pre-order. I think Curry's are doing it for like 304 with a code or something at the moment. I'm like, oh, I want to buy an OLED, but I need to sell my current ones and then I can't sell them because then I can't play them until I get an OLED and that. Ah. I, yeah. I love your, your logic, Mike. Free, 309, now nah, wait. 304, <laughs> no, we're talking. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Uh, okay, there we go. That's the rumours. It is time for the quiz. It is indeed time for the quiz, and I have one. I've actually managed to prepare one Let's for you this get week. Quizzical, and it wasn't done three quizzical. seconds before we started recording for once. Let's get quizzical, quizzical. Sorry, I'm I just so put a new, new theme tune for you. Don't let me stop you. Carry on. Let's singing. get physical, but I made it quizzical. I like it. Anton probably doesn't know. Let's get physical. I I do. They made an Apple TV original about it somehow. I don't know how, wow. but it exists. <laughs> cool. Apple right. taught me. I'm in. I'm in. Right. Come on. I need to win this. It's 2019, isn't it? It's 2019 in your favour. You're 20, Anton, Anton is in 19. Yep. So Anton is I'm technically cool the underdog right now. Oh, mm. it's a tough one this week. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I, I say this every week, but it's actually 1910. <laughs> but okay, that's fine. Carry on. <laughs> All right, let's go with our first one, which is a 1994 puzzle game developed and published by Nintendo. Actually, it was technically 1995 in Europe, but call it 94. Uh, 95 in Europe, did you say? And 94 yep. in. 94 everywhere else. Everywhere else. Puzzle game, Nintendo. Puzzle game developed and published by Nintendo. Um, don't know. Pass. Um, Jack of mine. It is not. We need to come back to that. I've never heard of that. You need to tell me what that is at a later date. I, I made it up. See, my dyslexic brain is like, I can remember a shape of the letters of a name of a game. Jack of mine. There we go. Okay. <laughs> I'm on board with that. It's not the right answer, but sure. Um, it was on the NES and the SNES and the Satella view, if you know what that is. Mm-hmm. Vaguely. Do you know what that is? Vaguely. I do, yes. Mike's, um, Mike's confused. It was basically it was a satellite modem peripheral for the SNES that allowed people to download games and magazines and other media. All right. Wow. From Tinterwebs back in the day. Wow. Ah. I will dial go, up. Go with Sudoku. No. Uh, let's go for Picross. It is not. It was also released on the Wii uh, Virtual Console. Hmm. Doctor Mario. Nope. That's what I was going to guess. Um, is it a Mean Bean Machine? It is not. There's a few cool things about this game, though. Actually, to be fair, it was the last officially licensed NES game to be released in North America. Yeah, 94 it would be. I was thinking it's quite late for a oh, NES game. Oh, 94. I thought you said 84. Okay. No, no, 94. It's also the uh, only NES game to receive an ESRB rating because they brought that in like two months before this game was released. Is it um, Yoshi's Cookie? No, it is not. Good guess you're, that, though. You're definitely, you're, kind of, you're both getting into the vicinity of it, though. Yeah. Um, is it... Um, uh, I don't know. Wario's... Fun, bad quiz. No, but again, you're getting closer. Um, it was released in Japan alongside a re-release of The Legend of Zelda uh, that came with the AV Famicom, which, if you don't know what that is, it was like a smaller budget version of the NES that they released. It was just cheaper and in a smaller form factor. As like it's Wario's Woods. Ding, 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 ding. Oh. We have a winner. <laughs> I knew it was a Wario game because I remember it, but I couldn't have for a life and remember what it was called. <laughs> I yeah I I'm so impressed you managed Bring to get up. that Anton. It's Bring out the weird hardware, making it fun. 
<laughs> well, that's kind of what I thought. It was like, this is one of these kind of obscure games that most people have never heard of. But apparently you could play the NES version and Anthony probably knows this. Do you know where you could play the NES version in a more recent game? Um, I wouldn't know, actually. Crash Bandicoot. Uh, no, but it was in the 2001 Animal Crossing on the GameCube. Ah. Uh, yeah, if you want to play sort of the GameCube in that game, you played this game, which is kind of cool. That is cool. I love it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Anton has uh, the, the first point. So let's see if Mike can draw level with the second game, which was developed by a four-person indie developer. Um, they're called House House, and it was published in 2019. Four-person indie developer, House House, 2019. Yep. I mean, no idea. Um, Untitled Goose Game? Ding, 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 ding. Oh, come on. Out of the gate. I, I never remember <laughs> developer names. If you start with a developer name, I'm never going to win. I had hoped to get a, that Anton would know that because it was such an obscure developer he's name. he's going to know that name. He knows all developers. He's got Because I had some really cool see, clues. <laughs> we have a Untitled Goose Game review coming to the YouTube channel soon, so... Uh, that's the the reason I have that at the front of my mind because I was editing it literally five minutes before this podcast. Wow. <laughs> Dang it. Context. Oh, that's annoying. Well, I'm going to give you some of the clues because I just find them quite interesting. So, uh, House House cited Super Mario 64 as their initial inspiration for the type of game that hopes Is it goes. Untitled Goose Game? It is. Yes. Ding, Thank ding, you. ding, 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 ding. Uh, Mike gets point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what else do they have? The concept of the game originally came from a stock photograph of a goose that someone in house house put there just randomly in their employee like notice board and they started chatting about how cool geese were and decided to make the game and apparently the game got its name because they sort of unexpectedly got accepted into the fantastic arcade part of the fantastic fest in texas and they didn't know what to call it and they put it in as untitled goose game so they just rolled with it (laughs) cool wow well there we go uh, well done, Anton. Uh, I mean, you know. We're an eye for an eye now. Uh, so 2020. 2020 vision. All right. Uh, give us your final one. Let me go first this time. I'll be brave. You want to go first? Yeah, well, okay. Anton went first last week. It's only fair, and I'm quite happy to lose 3-0, so go for it. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, this week, I would like you to tell me what year uh, a game that was developed by Acclaim Studios Manchester, published by High Tech Expressions, came out. The game is called Barbie Vacation Adventure. Okay, I have a feeling this was PlayStation 1, so I'm going to say it was 1997. Let's go for 1998. <laughs> well, Mike gets the point. It was 1994. Wait, <laughs> was it PlayStation 1? No, it was on the Genesis. What, really? Oh. Drive. Yeah. Acclaim, that's yeah. interesting. I always think, I always associate them and Barbie games. Um, not that I have many of them. <laughs> there are um, so many. I googled this Barbie games out of curiosity. There's so many Barbie games. There's so many of them. Them and My Little Pony type games. There's heaps of them. Um, I always associate them with PlayStation 1 era, weirdly. And 2, mm. PlayStation 2 era as well. Yeah, Apparently this one was also on the SNES. Hmm. Was it? That's weird. Yeah, early acclaim stuff. Bizarre. Yeah, I yeah, know. Oh, well, I can acclaim that point. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, at least something. It's a consolation point, but never mind. Well done, Anton. Why, thank you. Uh, we're an eye for an eye. The quiz heats up again. I know, I know. Uh, yes, that is it for this week. Thank you again for all your support. Thank you very much for all your downloads of the show. Remember, you can uh, review us if you head to the Apple Podcasts store, if you get your um, podcast from there, or if you can jump on there and leave us a review 
five-star review would be very, very much appreciated. It really does help us with rankings and things. There's quite a few in there too you can have a read of. Um, Al, anything you want to add? No, well, we've talked about the Patreon. We love your support, but we also love the reviews. And if you just want to drop us an email because you feel like, you know, having a chat or a rant or Saying hi. I've said something stupid or incorrect, then you can just email podcast at nsukp.co.uk. Yeah. And yeah, uh, social media. Uh, YouTube. And it, yeah, we're, we're on it all. NSUK podcasts uh, on Twitter. That's, that's the big one. Yeah, it is. That is it for this week. Thank you so much. We will see you all soon. Goodbye. Cheerio. Au revoir.